0: Hello and welcome. This is Amanda, the founder of Astrology Hub, and you're listening to Frank Answers with award-winning astrologer and author of Getting to the Heart of Your Chart, Frank Clifford. In this weekly show, Frank answers your most pressing questions about timing, so-called negative chart placements or transits, your relationships, and more. If you have a question you'd like considered for the show, please go to astrologyhub.com slash frankanswers and submit it today. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy Frank's empowering and validating astrological insights and guidance.
1: Hi everybody, this is Frank Clifford and welcome to another Frank Answers hosted by Astrology Hub. Now I've got a couple of interesting questions that have been asked of me uh, this time uh, to do with the 12th house. So let me share with you my screen and we'll take a look at the first Now, this is from Sandra, and Sandra says, how do I work with the energy in my 12th house uh, with Mars and Pluto there and also Uranus and the North Node there? Well, probably the first thing to do is to think about um, that they're probably two very separate conjunctions. Mars, Pluto in Virgo is one area, and the Uranus North Node in Leo um, is another area so let's think about the 12th house it's one of those fascinating houses that i think astrologers get uh, or some clients get anxious about and astrologers certainly feel it can be a a difficult place to have a placement Um, if we think of the diurnal cycle the daily motion of the planets planets rise into the 12th house just as the sun rises into the 12th house having been below the horizon in the first house for a couple of hours uh, pre-dawn. So the idea of this house being hidden is a fascinating one because it's actually where planets rise and become visible into the light. So it always fascinated me that, and I want to say more about that, I want to write more about that at a later date. But one of the things that um, I've noticed over the years with planets in the 12th house, is that they're almost like daybreak. It's very, very young. The day has just been born, really. And so planets in the 12th are often very visible, just like the sunrise is incredibly, uh, spectacularly visible to everybody. But, the planets that we have in the 12th house are seen by everybody, but we're just in the early throes of experiencing them. So they're very obvious to other people. Uh, the energy might be very raw, having just risen and uh, into the light above the horizon. and so there's a sense of 12th house planet being incredibly obvious to other people but maybe not so obvious to ourselves so planets there um, we have to shine a light on become a little bit more conscious of because they may be areas of ourselves that we um, operate on a very instinctive instinctual level Um, so they may not they may be areas of ourselves that uh, we we don't want to recognize we don't want to see and yet are very obvious to other people so in sanders chart that mars pluto in the 12th mars pluto is fascinating because they're both planets linked to energy you know they're both planets linked to the idea of survival Uh, mars the fight for survival the hunter and pluto really so much about Um, survival on deeper psychological levels and also on wider generational levels too. So the Mars-Pluto combination there can be found in um, people who experience life uh, very raw, uh, very rawly, and uh, experience situations where they sometimes feel victimized, things aren't within their control at times and when mars is connected with pluto there's often a need to understand where the individual will ends and where the collective or things that happen beyond our control begin so that's one of the big understandings of the mars pluto understanding what you can control and what you can't control the wisdom to know the difference as the saying goes so my experience of Mars-Pluto are people who are very uh, have had very strong experiences linked to survival, uh, linked to uh, often sexuality, issues of sexuality, uh, and issues of needing to create boundary, perhaps in that area too. Um, it's an incredibly powerful combination where we want to utilize that for the greater good and also for your own personal development too. Mars is very much about trying to achieve our personal best. Pluto's more about uh, the, uh, always about the collective in that sense. So the Mars Pluto uh, does, does have this need, this strong compulsion Pluto to be excellent, to do our very best, to make an impact on the world. Mars, Pluto and the Twelfth house in Virgo, Twelfth house and Virgo both have similar themes in terms of service. Virgo is about the craft and the Twelfth house is giving it to everybody in that sense, sharing it with the world, sharing it with people who are disenfranchised, powerless. So the Twelfth house, of course, has links to prisons, hospitals, where we lose our identity or we become part of a collective. Oh, they're in hospital, they're in prison, that type of thing. So the 12th house has those uh, huge connotations there. On a more personal level, it is the area where we can, in a way, reach out to the world, give service, Uh, And with Mars-Pluto there, um, it really is powerful service of transformation, ability to be totally dedicated. It feels like a Florence Nightingale um, type of service as a counsellor, therapist of some kind, possibly. The sun in Cancer in Sundra's chart also, and um, Mercury in Cancer, Moon in Libra, point to wanting to be in the helping professions, exchanging information, um, helping people in some sort of way too. So the 12th house, I would say dedicated, as I imagine Sandra may already be doing, dedicate that energy to a more spiritual path, that's something you believe in, or at least give it to to an area of life uh, that needs your service. So whether that's a a charity, a group of people who have been, as I say, disenfranchised, etc. But that Mars Pluto is a very powerful, indefatigable type of spirit. Now, the Uranus and the North Node are interesting because in many ways, you know, we we have, again, got used to thinking of the North Node in terms of spiritual, past life, karmic areas. And in fact, I think of I like to follow Brian Clark on this, and I think of the North Node as an invitation, an invitation to expand our inner world and our outer world, too, as well. So where we have the North Node is an invitation. We don't have to accept it. We don't have to gravitate towards our North Node and leave our South Node behind. It doesn't have to work like that. We're not better people. We're not bad people if we stay at our South Node. I don't think there's any sort of cosmic judgment. It is an invitation. The South Node is like a library of knowledge, a storehouse of your gifts, the things that you naturally know how to do. The North Node is a challenge. It's an invitation to conquer new horizons, to um, tap uncharted territory in our lives. So with Sandra, the North Node being in the sign of Leo along with Uranus is really about expanding the consciousness in that Uranian way, waking up to understanding the meaning of life, the vocation, and that might be helping other people do that. Uh, Leo is very much that creative energy that helps other people discover who they are and what they were born to be leo's greatest role is that of a mentor rather than as the boss or the bully or the, the, the bossy parent or the pushy stage mother whatever it may be uh, really at heart the best job of leo is to mentor people and so there's the mentoring spirit of that north node in leo Cassandra. and uranus being nearby says do it with alternatives wake up to different possibilities and i'm sure sandra has wake up to uh, to things like astrology to alternative ways of seeing the world in a clearer perspective and uranus being an outer planet always has um, a focus on the overall picture what the community or or the tribe has to say and in a way maybe uranus in leo is saying let's look at the tribe the group of people that all share something and make each one of them special. so part of Sandra's journey, in some ways, helping people wake up to not only their role in society, that Uranian feeling, but also a Leo quality of being special, each of us having a special role in society. Okay, that's just a quick way of looking at both of those corners. Both the 12th house, they're both going to be perhaps evident in your life experiences, but they might be a little bit of a blind spot sometimes as well, being the 12th house. Just like when the sun rises, it's so magnificent, but dare we look at it straight away, it tends to be something that we might wait until it's risen a little bit more before before we view it, before we get to observe and become conscious of it. Okay, let's take a look at the other example. This is from Diane, and Diane, in her message, says, "I've got um, Mars, Pluto, and Saturn all in Leo in the twelfth house. Am I doomed?" I think that is Diane's semi-serious question. Um, I would, I would say, this is again a powerhouse triple conjunction of energy, even though Saturn and Mars. Uh, just you know a nine degrees apart but i would say altogether that is a, a powerful energy what i would say diane is have a look at some of the people born around that time in uh, in your year uh, around april may time of 1948 and also, uh, two years before, in 1946 and 1944, uh, again, when the Mars Pluto was evident and Saturn was possibly near, nearby, but in, in earlier signs, you'll get a sense of some of the courage that these people developed, some of the self belief and the confidence these people eventually developed. I say eventually because Saturn is in Leo and Saturn in Leo's journey is very much about the attainment of courage and confidence, the two Cs. And so I would say that often this journey is about defeating the bullies in life, Mars, Saturn, Pluto in Leo, saying no to the people that want to exercise control over us and finding a creative way of being ourselves on our own terms. Now in the 12th house, once again, that may be igniting other people's vocations, as we saw with Sandra, that sense of connecting to the zeitgeist, connecting to the people around our community, our tribe, and helping them through trauma, difficulty, and being of service to the greater good in that 12th house way. Or it might be that your journey has been very much about the father, because it's in Leo and it also squares the Sun. This triple conjunction squares the Sun in Taurus in the ninth house. It may be to do with being able to wrest back control from uh, parental influence, parental viewpoints, um, bullying partners, bullying fathers, that type of energy that you might get with the Mars, Saturn, Pluto. At best, that energy, again, is the mentor, where you've had somebody who's really encouraged you to be confident, to be um, uh, in yourself and comfortable with yourself. But often with these dynamics, it can be a start of uh, the early, early expression of this can be more difficult in order for perhaps for us to uh, learn and develop. Uh, in different ways and to learn how to empower ourselves and then later to empower other people. So I think, again, it's a very powerful combination here. Uh, But it's got a quality that starts with gaining confidence. uh, And with that confidence, Hopefully, comes a level of charisma and inspiration where you can be mentor for other people and be of genuine service. Uh, and um, I hope that rings true, Diane. Um, I certainly uh, don't feel you're doomed. Um, it certainly, in some books, could read like that. Uh, I think because the twelfth house has such a negative reputation as the eighth house does. But you know that every, as I'm always saying, every placement. Every sign planet house has a variety of expression or a variety of areas in life that it's connected to. And you just need to go onto a place like astrodatabank.com and look up some of the people that you admire, some of the celebrities, people in history, look at their planets, look what they did against all odds, or look what they did to turn their life around. And you'll see placements that are so-called difficult ones, or easy ones sometimes, and people have done remarkable things with that. So get inspired by your own mentors, Diane and other people watching. And yes, um, focus if you can, on uh, what people have done with these placements what they've done remarkably well always inspiring to see other people's charts you'd be surprised always at what people do with so-called debilitated or difficult positions so I tend to ignore all those classifications and get to the heart of the chart of who that person is so Diane it's a very powerful combination um, and I think I hope you have felt that you've come into your own in that way the rest of the chart talks about being a natural teacher a natural eternal student lifelong student of of ideas and and books and and all sorts of concepts and you look like the chart looks like someone who never stops learning so i wish that for you and i wish you all well i will see you all soon take care of yourself.
0: Hi there! This is Amanda from Astrology Hub, and I have some exciting news to share with you. Our beloved Anne Ortley is offering a series of workshops on the myth, magic, and power of the goddesses and asteroids in your chart, and you're invited to join. If you're curious about how to interpret the impact of asteroids like Eris, Juno, Ceres, and Athena, as well as the other thousands of asteroids in the sky, you're going to love this workshop. It's happening live in September and you get access to the recordings and course materials for life. Go to astrologyhub.com/asteroids to learn more and join us today. That's astrologyhub.com/asteroids.